Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. Right now is literally the best time to start an e-commerce business and here's why. In 2018, we created something that was a first of its kind, a comprehensive online course to start and launch your e-commerce business from scratch and we called it Start and Scale. Now, five years later, this course has helped 25,000 founders in 65 different countries kickstart their business ideas, including thousands who have achieved six and seven figure results. Founders like Lorianne Trin, who used Start and Scale to create a kids apparel brand that celebrates heritage. Or Samantha Brett, who used Start and Scale to build Naked Sundays into Australia's number one SPF skincare brand. Or April Scott, who used Start and Scale to gain the confidence to launch her luxury sleepwear brand. Although we've updated the program before, this year proved that right now is a defining moment for e-commerce and it's because of AI. With AI, what used to be slow is now fast. What used to be complex is now simple and what used to be expensive is now cheap. Every business is going to look so different in 10 years and if it doesn't look different, it'll likely be out of business. So we went back into the studio because we knew to keep start and scale valuable for your business, we had to update it with the most relevant tools and strategies. So today, we're proud to introduce the brand new Start and Scale 3.0 course. And this course is for you if you don't have an idea yet. You're going to learn the fastest path to creating brand names, product ideas, logos, images, all through the power of AI. Or if you already have an online store, you'll learn how AI can help you automate repetitive tasks, analyze customer data, create all sorts of different content, and even handle customer service and so much more. So whether you're a Start and Scale veteran with a flourishing e-commerce business, or you're hoping to take the first step to 2024, this new course will help you completely transform your e-commerce journey with the power of AI. We're super proud of this incredible program. This is the third iteration. We've spent so much time, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So if you want to know more and want to sign up, which I highly recommend you do, if you want to start a store and you're confused or you're not sure where to start, go to founder.com forward slash build my store. That's founder, F-O-U-N-D-R.com forward slash build my store. I can't wait to see you inside. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Go, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. All right. The man, the myth, the legend, Nick Shack. Uh, welcome to the e-commerce AI Summit. So excited to have you. And uh, yeah, man. Um, you're an absolute legend in the space. You really are one of the best out there and really one of the, the thought leaders when it comes to 
paid media, especially for e-commerce. You've taught some incredible programs on the founder platform. Uh, it's been amazing to watch your journey. You've shared so much value with our community audience, provide so much value throughout the years, past couple of years especially. Um, and you've also recently launched Brez, which we're going to talk about as well, this incredible CBD drink. Uh, it's a beverage. So um, first question I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job, aka how did you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? Yeah, this is, I've, I've actually been reflecting on this because I've had to do a podcast yesterday and they asked me the same exact question. And this started out of like necessity. I'm I'm 33, I turned 33 on Friday. And so this this year of work, of air quotes, because whatever you want to call it, work or not work, this is my 10th year of doing what I'm doing. Now you can say I dabbled in a couple of years before that, but this is my my what I call my genius year that I've been doing this for quite a while. And I I used to play professional soccer, and when I say used to, that was like uh, the David Beckham uh, documentary is going live right now, and it's been absolutely crazy because part of it he says when he joined the LA Galaxy was the year that I missed him. So I was like one year after he left us and had that incredible impact on the states, which made my job possible. What that actually did to me was realize that I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to have enough money. And I'm stuck in California where in the States, they don't really care about sports. So I sit here going, what am I going to do? And at the time on a second division, lower level team, even though it's the LA Galaxy, I'm not getting playing time. I was able to get a partnership with a goalkeeping club brand called Keep Air. And it was a dude out of Canada. His name was Dennis. His actual name was Dennis Air. And he's like, hey, trying to sell these gloves. And I was like, awesome. I uh, I'm a little bit younger. I could probably figure out how to sell these gloves. And we spit up a Shopify store. And the first thing I started to do was to do influencer marketing or trying to sell these these gloves. And so for the first two years, uh, I would say 2014, 15, 16, first three years or so, I was learning Shopify. I was learning how to sell product. I was learning how to kind of just put it places. And that meant boosting posts at the time. And so I knew, dude, I knew at the time that this was going to be huge. I just didn't know it would it would be what it is today. Yeah, there you go. Now you've spent hundreds of millions of dollars profitably on Facebook ads, and probably more, right? Yeah, and then uh, you launched Structured, which is an incredible uh, social social marketing agency, really focused on paid advertising. But then also you guys sure. do email marketing as well. And what else? You guys do a ton of stuff. Did you see our O2? We had to. Like, I would say, remember when all this drama came out with the iOS 17 and, and people were panicking? This is this is right when we launched our, our partnership together and we made a course that wasn't like hack-based and it was logical and system-based and framework-based. And we made a huge bet in it. And I'm, I'm thankful for the community that we did today because that still stands the test of time. Even though we have updates with Jordan and Phoenix and, and myself coming and or, or even live at this point, to me, it was a very interesting time to go get live with this stuff because we do do all the things. But for me specifically, I love the paid area. And it kind of led me to what I'm doing with Breeze because I, I had to put my money where my mouth was. Because a lot of times I was like, oh, look, you run an agency, but you're not really you're not really running it. You're not really doing it. People say this shit all the time. So I put my money in. And not only did I do it in the area that is the highest regulated space in America and in the world, which is THC and CBD, we did it with beverage. So if you're anybody that talks about how hard it is out there, I promise you, you're not doing it on the level that we're trying to do it at. Mm. So I want to jump into that. 
But let's talk about ads, right? Because yes. since yes. iOS 14's been what two years now, two 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 and a half years almost now. So it's been yeah. um it's been a wild ride for a lot of founders. Um, what's the state of paid social right now when we're you know doing this summit October mid October? Sorry, late yeah. October. Yeah. For for me, it's a better spot than it was when we were first ringing the doom bells. And what I mean on two, I mean it on two levels. The issue, the biggest issue with when the iOS dropped on iOS 14 dropped was the lack of clarity on decision making within the account. Before you could launch an account, you can make your decisions in Facebook. You didn't need all these tools. And I, I could see your name, all the tools that people use or need to use to make measurements and judgments. And it kind of just came back to where we are today. Today, when we're recording this, like you mentioned, middle to end of October, there's a lot more clarity and decision-making that we can do within the ad accounts now. And not only that, I think where people don't realize what, what the changes have been doing is like, how is AI starting to kind of impact? Because that's what this this topic is, right? We're talking about AI, we're talking about how it can impact e-commerce. If you've been running Facebook ads, if you're just starting with Facebook ads, you are actually running almost exclusively AI-style creative AI style campaigns because it's what Facebook is based upon. Their machine learning and their campaigns, this Advantage Plus campaign, that's all AI. That's all based upon their audiences and targeting and what they've been doing over the years, which you and I can go here and be like, oh, the good old days, right? Like if you're just starting or if you're in right now, you don't really get good old days. You get the good days of right now, which is Advantage Plus shopping campaigns, Advantage Plus and Facebook shop, even TikTok shop. I know I'm talking about that specifically, but all of this is AI audience-based and or AI creative changing-based. And that's something that we have to remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a good point, right? So you also own like this incredible uh, creative agency where you guys just do creative. I have to ask, like, let's just let's just kick it off. Let's just delve right into this AI stuff. hundred percent. I know you've got a lot to share, right? So so let's talk to me about creative. What are you guys doing? When it comes to high-performing creative using AI and creating it, what like talk us through that? So I'm going to talk about AI in in like four four sections. The way that we look at it across the agency and the team, because we have at any time 30, 40 brands. Sometimes we go down to five or whatever. It's research, copy, creative, analysis. That those are the buckets of where AI should be applied specifically to your business. I don't give a shit if you're an agency. I don't give a shit if you're a brand. Those are still the core areas that you need to apply it, right? If you're driving revenue or retaining revenue, retention, those are your areas. Right now, if you're a brand, and I'll speak specifically to ours, Breeze, if you land on our page, drinkfreeze.com, you can't buy it anyway, so it doesn't matter for me talking about it. If if you land on it, you can look at it and be like, that brand leverages AI. That brand's ethos and that brand's style is AI. There's a lot of brands out there that might not be able to use it. You might not be able to leverage any of these tools because that's not the way your brand is coming across. That's not the way that your your brand should be established. So if I were to look at Constant, which we're talking about where we make our edits, we have a lot of we don't we don't have the only AI we have in there is the ability to leverage copy to write better briefs. That's the only AI around the tool because right now there's a lot of people which you probably know a lot of them like this. They don't necessarily know what they want. And using Dolly, using Midjourney, using ChatGPT with all the plugins with Canva, which we'll talk about. If you don't know how to describe what it is that you want, you don't know what you're going to get. And so this is like the the funniest topic that I want people to drill on. I'm, and I'm sure there's going to be a couple other panelists and uh, talks around this specifically. But if you don't know the correct prompting or the, let's say a verbal engineering of what you're going to get out, 
you're not going to get anything. I'm sure you've heard this a couple times today. Because it's not enough just to just chuck it into chat GPT and, or whatever, you know, Bard or like any, any of these tools because you just get generic crap. It's true. And, and the, the, that's why a lot of this iteration comes around, for instance, the, the number one thing that we use on a daily basis, whether we're using ChatGPT or Bard, is we 100% pull all sentiment from ad comments. We export that in CSVs from Amazon reviews, and we're pulling, we're pulling sentiment analysis essentially around it to give us a little bit more prompting on what type of copy we need to be writing towards. So the biggest change for me is the beginning, the research, the, the customer avatar development of what copy we need to make and for the scripting. That's Anybody can do that out the gates. And I think that saves us a lot of time because why would you go one by one and pull? Like what we used to talk about is export, go into a word cloud. From the word cloud, go into pull on big uh, commonly used words. You don't need to do that time. ChatGPT or even Bard will do that for you specifically. Now, the things that I see converting specifics, so we're, we're October, we're getting ready for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. The, the easiest way that I can see major wins around the creative space using AI is when you had the ChatGPT and Canva relationship. So ChatGPT allowed the integration with Canva specifically. And if you ask a lot of these smaller teams or even just the ones that want to get uh, test a little bit quicker, that ability to get a couple of these templates up and live through simple, simple prompting, because they already had the templates on Canva. You give a little bit of a background or explanation of what you're trying to do on on ChatGPT, and you'll be able to get something worth getting live. And that phrase that I just said is extremely important, dude, because a lot of us spend so much time trying to create the perfect uh, creative or, or trying to get like a AI influencer to wear our product, and it just looks too overproduced. And if you go from a world, which we just came from, Nate, it was like, uh, people say like make really ugly ads that have a lot of humans, a lot of UGC, a lot of rawness. And all of a sudden on this end, you have like a highly overproduced AI creative. It, it doesn't vibe unless that's your style, unless that's your brand. And it, get, it gets me every time. So like, for instance, I wrote down a, a really, really seamless uh, way that we use it. So, and I'll actually, I should probably send it to you guys after just so that you can drop it into, uh, we, this is something that we did not make, but it's something that we believe is really, really powerful. There's a team called No Commerce. They do post-purchase surveys and we're like, hey, I'm trying to do sentiment analysis, but I'm also trying to make sure it's relevant. I don't want to just be looking up random comments or looking at uh, Amazon uh, reviews. And so after the purchase comes, and a lot of this comes back to tracking, where did you hear about us? How did you know about us? What did you buy? And so no, it does post-purchase. What they're able to do is export all of this and instantly send it right into ChatGPT for you to get a little bit more prompts for you to make iterations on your ads. And they have like this whole walkthrough, which I think is fantastic and we use on a day-to-day -day basis. I have it right here. I'll make sure I send it to you and your team. Awesome. Okay. So, so you guys, in terms of creative, you're using it big on the research, constant, a lot on the briefs. What are, what are you doing on the, and, and using it for the, you're not using it for the scripting or if, it, if it's a song written ad or, or yeah. The, the scripting, there, there's a tool that we would do called Runway. So Runway is called uh, runway is text to video creative specifically. So what we would be using this for is we're having our uh, creative strategists as that's a real role. That's a role that everybody should be doing. If not, if you haven't heard about it, I'm sorry, you're a little bit late, but it's just their only role is just talking about creative and, and copy. And so they, they would just export the script instead of hiring a, a, a creator to create it, upload it into runway. Runway would prompt just images or just a, a, a seamless piece of creative that's 
a hundred percent word prompt. That would be the extent of going a little bit over over the the deep end of leveraging copy to kind of create some of these prompts. Because if we played with it, I I would say, and I and I ran a poll today. There's a lot of people that are using AI at sixty to seventy percent of the work, but they're really having to spend that that remaining part of fine tuning it and making it exactly to their brand. I think you would agree with this. That a lot of people feel this way. Yeah, a hundred percent. What about mid journey, man? Well, I do believe in mid journey, but it has to be again. It has to be towards the specific brand. So our designers love mid journey, and they love. I would say they were on the the Dolly side of things, but as soon as mid journey was able to kind of create, not as how would you say this? You're going to lose a little bit less fingers in in mid journey. Like they're going to give you all of them rather than some of these Dolly Dolly creations, and it looks a little bit questionable. But it's so polished, and when you get these pieces back, it's it's again if you don't if you aren't that type of brand which I'll send you like two or three of our ads of like purely AI dolly based and you know, one is pure mid journey. It is, it blows your mind. Yeah. Crazy. And then, okay. And then, uh, Canva and chat GPT, what exactly? So th this specifically, we do a lot of our initial creative testing in Canva, meaning it's going to give you a couple of templates of whether you drag and drop images or drag and drop existing videos and they'll do the correct text overlay at the right time, or they'll do a split screen, other type of videos where there's a lot of creative right now and I'll just mimic it where you have the TikTok girl speaking and she's pointing and there's like a script that's coming down or video, like a video. This is a, a Canva prompt and this is a Canva template that you can upload existing pieces of creative and it'll pull the full transcripts for you and it'll do it again uh, in multiple variations with various borders. That That is what we do so often, especially as we're uploading product imagery or product photography that having different backgrounds or different placements, it does really well as we have the automatic Shopify AI tools that just change the background very simply. Or if we're using a, a dynamic product ad on, on Facebook or Meta specifically, we'll be able to change it. And it looks a little bit more polished in the pro, in, in the actual uh, Facebook shop itself. So that that is an area that we leverage. And whether you call it AI or whether you call that just a, a natural image enhancement, it just looks a lot better. Yeah, interesting. That's cool. And then what stories you got or anything around like highest performing is have you created some creative using using like any other tools that have just really just you've been surprised around how they've converted or is it is it more just to get to 60 to 70%? Do you know do you know I would actually be more confident in uncovering what was working, whether it's AI, because we still are primarily, we're still primarily image-based on a lot of what's working today. And we do have a lot of UGC, so it's not heavy AI-based, but I would say the voiceovers has been something that's been so crazy for us. So this is out of the team, I think they're called Eleven, um, and they do a lot of different voiceovers. So what we're able to do, especially when we're doing international to regional, we're having a Texas accent over a piece of creative, and then we're having just a regular uh, California accent or New York accent. If we have a demographic that we're selling to, specifically for Breeze, we sell into 33 states, 33 states that allow us to sell THC cannabis into their state. Well, if you're trying to make a point come across, and myself as a Californian or my co-founder, Aaron, as a Floridian, we don't sound like Texas and we don't sound like New York, that's for sure. And so having the voiceovers and us completely changing how we sound has been something that we did not anticipate to do as well as it did. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Um Let's kind of switch gears. You've shared some very cool stuff on creative. What about like campaigns, setup, 
you know, you're all about making good decisions, data analysis, like you're big on that stuff, man, and the and the unit economics side. How are you using AI from that perspective? So there's been a couple, and this is kind of like more macro business trends. I think if you were to ask me, not to stay AI-based, but I think next year what we'll see in 2024, I'll, okay, 2020, 2021, how do you scale and move as fast as you can? 2022, 2023, what's happening? Like economic, what's happening in the world, macro Y. 2024 is going to, we, we kind of took our medicine in 2022 and 2023. 2024 is going to be a really, really close relationship to making sure unique economics and contribution margin and the ability to run a, a successful business is really going to happen now before you can scale to the moon. That's a very generalized term, but you didn't have to care as much because cash was cheap. You can get a lot of loans. Like, And, and I'm speaking for someone who has three personal loans out right now across various businesses. It is very scary to kind of grow your own business. So for 2024, we're trying to understand and predict forecasts, and we're using two tools around this. So, um, one, we have Lifetimely. That's a, it's probably the cheapest tool out there that are able to measure it. And I, I'm not too sure if they're doing uh, forecasting or some AI around the forecasting because I would still think we'd have to kind of check our own data around this specifically. But what we're able to do is pull a little bit more analysis. And there's a, a easy little like uh, hookup that we're doing just to analyze Facebook ads. Some of these tools already do it, but what we're doing specifically is um, we use ChatGPT and plug it in with Notable. Notable is a uh, a downloadable, a note like a note taking, an exporting of just CSVs and files. And then then I'm I'm just having a straight conversation within ChatGPT and pulling what is the correlation between uh, my purchases and in the various regions. Why this is important to me specifically is because next year I need to go into retail. If I'm able to export my information from Shopify, export my information from Facebook specifically, and this is nothing fancy. This is literally to hit CSV export, uploading it through Notable and having chat GPT and me just having a, a real conversation like you and I are having. And I'm asking it, and this is something that we did literally yesterday. I need to understand if we have true sell-through and high LTV, meaning people buying us consistently in Florida, in California, and in Oregon. I need to know if I can sell through there because what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the the dispensaries. I'm going to ask like, look, I'm already selling your area. Here's how, here what's it's going to be really powerful to you. Now, if I would have had to do this before, I would have had to build all these templates. I would have had to build a bunch of things that would not have made sense. Now we're just having conversations with the data, and we're building our own stories. And before you'd had to pay a data scientist how much how much to to pull this from you as a consultant basis. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches, only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like that are building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success. You should come and check out our new podcast, From Zero to Founder, hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn. These are in-the-trenches stories from our very own successful students that have gone through some of our programs. People just like you who are deep within the process of building their very own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow. You can find the From Zero to Founder podcast on all platforms. And remember, it's founder without the E. All right, now let's jump in the show. 
a lot of e-com founders I've noticed, you talk about the, you know, the 2020 to 2021 going to the moon, then 2022, it's been 2023, it's been a bit rocky and there's, it's, it's more competitive than ever. One, one thing that I noticed from all of my successful uh, e-com founder friends and buddies is the ones that didn't get hit as hard all were in retail all were doing wholesale um have you noticed that too like re you can't just be straight d to c you need a combination of retail and d to c oh this is this has been an eye-opening thing for me because i've never been able to have to, i never had to think about it i never had to think about retail because i was never on that side but now being on the side I, I, it took me i didn't know about what fair was until earlier this year fair is like a wholesale selling to boutique shops left around i didn't even know this was a thing and so my miss my missus comes home. She was like, "Oh, I've been buying small orders from uh, Kitsch or other all some of these other brands." And I was like, "This is this is a thing. Like this is this is how people are surviving." You're absolutely correct. And it's understanding that look, I might not get a lot of my data or information from these wholesale partners, but that's going to be a consistent check that I'm going to get, and I'm going to leverage our skills, our unique advantage of digital to encourage sell through. There was a crazy story of some great friends of ours. Um, they sell women's college, and they're called Myavi. And they were able to, to use a tool called Aisle, A-I-S-L-E, kind of like I'm walking down an aisle. And they're able to incentivize their customers in regions as they get sell-through in Walmart, they get sell-through in GNC. They're able to be like, hey, download Aisle, get this coupon, scan this coupon when you get there, upload it onto uh, our, our portfolio, our app, and we'll be able to give you dollars back. That's a full digital experience with them making the purchase in store. And I almost lost my mind. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, those those guys from Ivy, they're, they're, they're really cool how they're building in public. Is that like, and I know you're building in public too. They're doing an amazing job. So are you. It's really fascinating, all their stuff on Twitter. I love following them. Well, you have to think about this right now. Like before you, you and this, the, we get a lot of criticism for like, yo, you're showing all your numbers. I'm like, go try, just try and do what we're doing. Like, just, just please go at it. Like we launched, um, and I'll, I'll update it, we launched on 420. On a traditional 420, like all stuff, like all good stoners, um, and if I check Shopify right now, we got hit with. We're currently we're sitting on pre-orders, which if anybody has any understanding, pre-orders ruins conversion rate. Running through today, so we're, today we've already done. Uh, this is year to date, so let's just go to today. About six thousand. Let me refresh this. Maybe we got some more revenue. So six seven one oh five six seven oh five. Uh, and that was today. Conversion rate sitting at a juicy almost six percent. Yesterday, almost ten k. But we let's go month to day, eighty four Gs. So we've we've been pushing for for quite a while. And this is it's not it's not easy. Um, I think when we launched, let's just do year to date. I'll just do all of it. So we launched for Rev in April, and this is like just testing the market. We launched in port twenty, almost at the back half of the year. And it was it was awesome. Uh, we were like, "Wow, this is working." The month after that's our first month. We double revenue. Granted, we only were live for ten days um, of the month before, and so we're like, "We really felt good about it." And then we ran into no inventory. And instead of doing what we should have done, which is lower budget and keep going, we just kept spending and we spent ourselves into a little bit of a hole. But we couldn't stop the momentum. We knew things were moving, so I wanted to make sure we we kept re uh, building revenue, and it, that bet paid off. So the month after that, we did our next biggest month thirty three. Then we doubled again into 76. And then the year, the, the month of that, we doubled again into 186. And right now we're sitting at about 84. Um, and 
we're shipping a heavy product or a subscription or beverage or tea or cannabis, THC, Delta, Delta eight, Delta nine. We're doing a lot of things. So even if you look at our, our, our site, it's very optimized for a higher ALV and it's a specific type of demographic we can sell to. And I, and I didn't think about these things that we were doing. I just kind of said, Hey, this is different. We have a good product. This is different. It'd be hard for people to compete with us. That was the only qualification. And if you've ever tried to run anything fringe on Facebook or Meta or Google or anywhere else, it's really difficult to keep it up and keep it going. So uh, we've had to really follow along with compliance and we had to really follow along with um, making sure that our subscription is on point because if we get shut down at any time, it's important for us to have some sort of a backstop. So um, I, it's it's cool to be in it now. Like instead of I was more on the agency side, just talking traffic, but these are this is real money. This is our real dollars. And um, uh, it's definitely not as easy as I thought it would be. Yeah, that's wild. So yeah, so you've sold out, now you're in pre-order, right? Exactly. And this is even a, a, a more dangerous because we've had a lot of conversations around, look, the, when you're doing the summit, we're talking about uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday prep, essentially. There's a lot of the tactics that can be shared. We've had people tell us they're not even participating in it. And I go, I don't think I've ever met someone that wouldn't participate in Black Friday, but it makes sense because if you don't have inventory and you're going to discount your product even more why would you give up that contribution margin when everything you need to be doing is fighting to stay as profitable as possible? So it really comes down to like the positioning you have, of how much product you have to how much you don't. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. So talk me through kind of challenges that you think e-commerce brands are having implementing AI solution in their operations. Like, cause, cause it's, there's a lot of tools, man. There's a lot of noise. Well, I would say two, the two areas specifically one Inherently, if you come from a, uh, a group of people, if you come from a team, depending on the size you're at, you usually have really tight relations. If you're a smaller to mid-sized brand, team is maybe between five to 15, maybe less, depending. You know everyone personally, and you know the more AI, the more automation that you implement, the potential for your team to no longer be with you, right? Like there's, a, there's this natural feeling of like, well, if I train this machine to do my job, then I'm not going to have a job for me. So there's this giant re restriction to it. And we at the agency, we're 100 plus people. We for sure ran to this. Our copywriting was the number one thing. We had about 15 to 20 copywriters. Well, then if you have one or two that understand how to prompt correctly or understand how to feed the right data into the, the machine, how many do you need? How many do you need? So this, I think the, the, rea the, the, the reaction to implementing comes from a very human level of, oh, I'm going to feel bad if I let so-and-so go. And the second is, when you have co-founders or founders and they're not dedicated to try to improve efficiency or implement some of these tools, you can just go down a path of like setting up different APIs, setting up different uh, Zapier, setting up different frameworks and working, and it might not actually work as well as you want. When all that time it took for you to set up, you could have just been doing and making the thing yourself. Mm, yeah. 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 So I guess... Um, Talk to me about kind of you you talk about that human element like chatbots and using chatbots, AI, customer service, like all of that in AI versus human, like how are you guys approaching that? How how are you finding clients approaching that? Uh, what's your take? So uh, my take on customer service is a little bit different than most. And I think I hope I, I'm, I'm speaking to a, a good demographic on this. Oftentimes, customer service is either outsourced to just offshore, um, lesser lesser paid employees. That to me makes 
perfect sense. If your decision is to offshore or go find the the most cost-effective solution immediately before even AI is in the conversation, and then AI is in the conversation all of a sudden, that makes total sense to me. That makes sense of having customer service or having the the ability to get immediate replies, response, or some sort of solution. That's always going to benefit the customer. I'm always in game for that, right? And it's it's this back and forth between even us as on on editing or creating of creative, we're still opting to not do a lot of AI other than allowing the process of delivery or understanding the the recommendations on what to do. That's where we want to leverage a lot of the AI because I still think that human to human conversation where all these BARD and ChatGPT and all these extensions are trying to create a, a, a human to human dialogue to get the end result, there still needs to be that element. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, <clears throat> I was going to say, I was going to say, um, I've got a friend that runs an e-commerce business and, uh, you know, he's really going hard on retail, do the direct to consumers piece, but they, they do all right on retail and there's, they, you know, they tend to stock in pharmacies. So instead of having outbound reps, what he's working on is training Google voice to outbound like thousands of pharmacies using AI and then training the conversations to then basically set a call to pass to a real life person. Like as opposed to having five to seven reps just doing outbound every single day, you know, 100, 100, 150 dollars a day or whatever it is, right? And you get, you know, 10, 10, you know, 10, 20 connection rate, right? And so it's crazy kind of that balance and where it's all going and how you could use it because if he can crack that, like that's just extreme scale, man. Crazy. Well, but it, it's funny what you said is because it, it's at that extent of it's 70 to 80% the way there. Yeah. You're still going to have a human come in on the backside of it, but that, that initial drudge of trying to get the call, trying to get the call set completely. I think that that takes into a lot of consideration of that's in our space, the research, the analysis, the the grunt work of trying to pull information and pull data, that is where I think you have to include AI or pulling trends or pulling updates. That to me is a no-brainer uh, to leverage and, and kind of substitute essentially grunt work for, for us on the e-commerce front. Mm. So I'm curious as well, like where do you see things going in the future, next five years when it comes to AI and, and e-commerce? It gets me a little bit worried because I do think it's getting really good, like meaning... Um, the first time I heard something I personally said in a Texan and in a uh, New York based accent. And I, and I had like this weird feeling in my stomach. I'm like, fuck, that's close. Like that, 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 that's pretty convincing. Um, the way it was able to kind of s- look like me, the mouth looked like me, everything looked like me. Um, that freaked me out because it's getting really close. I would still say we're about three to five years away for it to be fully. I'm accepting it as a human. I'm seeing these ads I'm seeing these elements on, on live and it's convincing me to make a purchase. I think it's still difficult for us as a human race to kind of get around, am I buying from a robot? I want to feel like there's still that connection because two things happen, right? Like we, we just went through a COVID experience where we lost a lot of this personal interaction back and forth in real life events. So there's part of the demographic going, I'm, I'm yearning for human. And there's this other group that's like, actually, I'm, I'm cool. I don't need you. I'm, I'm, I'm good by myself. Now that that side, I don't know how large the groups are, but there is going to be a big subset that's going to be like, I want to, I want to go in this direction of AI. And then on a business front, 
I think tools like Google and Meta are use, are are so much easier to get up and running and started and, and getting some sort of conversions going that it's going to allow businesses to get back to what we originally wanted, which was don't try to out outthink us or out target us or out position the tools where you can kind of traditionally media buy. I think it's going to be focus on what is important, understanding your numbers, product and creative, and then let the rest be done by the machines. Fine. Fine. Mm. So how does using AI tools give e-commerce founders and brands a competitive edge in the market? I think today specifically, if you're if you're just starting out, you're able to get a lot more done with a lot less people. A that's that's the easiest way forward. Two, you 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 used to be really needing to have a specialty in paid media or specialty in uh, product development or specialty in creative. And I think now there's enough tools to kind of cover this gap. There's Everyone, what we've been talking about this whole call is 70 to 80% of the way there, 60 to 80% of the way there. Before, founders founders needed to cut be that 80 and, and look for that special 20 to get it done. And I don't think you have to be that. I think a generalist around an area with a really good product and a really good eye for for being different or having a differentiation around that product, I think that's going to give people a lot more leverage. Now, at the end of the day, you're still going to have to be human. You're still going to have to close these deals yourself. Um but I, I do think you're going to be able to move further and get things done a lot quicker. Mm. Um, I'm curious as well, like if you were to start uh, Breeze again, is it Breeze or Brez? I don't correct anybody because it depends. Like we we okay, we named it Breeze, but then people started calling it Brez, and I go, that's fine. That to me is 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 marketing controversy within itself. Okay. So if you if you were going to start Breeze again tomorrow, how would you use AI to influence product development, marketing, everything? I'm curious. So I would I'd, I've already thought about this. So two things: one, our product lends itself to being very AI focused, right? Like this this product in itself is just very unique, and it looks it looks already like a robot drink, right? For one, so. We already we already built the brand to be this forward thinking and an amoeba of whoever creates for it. Every piece of creative, if you look on the website, has been uh, AI or it's been three D rendering. Three D rendering is another word of saying it just it's it's the poor man's AI version before we use AI. So everything on the site would be AI based. The font would be very robotic and structured in a way where you knew what you were drinking is something from the future because this drink is something for the future. That's our initial positioning. First time I've said it out loud, that's smooth. So it doesn't come off that good usually. Um, second, we would use Sienna CX as pure customer service AI, and that would handle all the the customer complaints, all the shipping uh, complaints, all the issues around who's sitting our website. And we'd be selling through chat immediately with that. Second, we would do the no commerce AI of all feedback because it's a drink. So the flavor is the most important thing as well as the effect. We have THC, we have Lion's Mane. That's going to make an effect on the customers. So a lot of what we're doing is going to be trying to social engineer what reply and response we want from people. And for us is we're trying to get people to stop drinking. We're trying to get people a social tonic that doesn't ruin their mornings. And we would leverage this to just create um, as many scripts as possible that we most likely take to YouTube or we let it run on uh, Facebook instead of having me doing UGC or having Aaron doing UGC or anybody else. So I would keep everything, no humans at all, just because the volume can go much higher. Now, I would analyze the performance from there and see what happens. And then second, 
what we're able to do, if I had more SKUs, like say I had blank check as many things, we would have drinks as many flavors. We'd have gummies as as many flavors. We'd have uh, bars in as many flavors. And we'd allow just every customer that land. And those are two other things. It's a little bit more of enterprise, but I don't know if there's a cheaper version. It's called Bloom Reach, where they're able to serve a, a unique customer experience depending on if you've landed on the site or not. And so every customer coming back, depending on which ad they came from, would be a full, unique experience uh, to to them landing first time, second time, buying again. And that way it would be basically as many iterations of the website as humanly possible, which only only AI would be able to create. Yeah, that's gold. Crazy, man. Crazy. And then when it comes to, I guess, uh, Shopify, you use Sidekick much? Um, this is in terms of writing all of our all of our prompts on our product page and our copy. Yeah, you know, you know how they've got their own little AI. Well, it's it's similar to what we're using with Triple Whale, meaning like they're writing some. It's writing some of the copy. It's it's kind of like the landing page has been edited a little bit, or it's like been doctored slightly. But generally speaking, not as much as we should be. Tell me about it. So, so Sidekick is basically Shopify's new AI little assistant that can help you make changes to your site, to like give you insights, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we use we use Triple Whale's version, which is like let's call it like Whaley. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. It might be it might be the same thing now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's a new thing that they just launched. I I haven't used it, but yeah, I was curious. Not yet, no. Okay. Awesome. Well, man, look, I could speak to you all day. This has like been so incredible. You've shared so many tools, so many really rich experiences that are really going to help people. Tons of hacks, tons of things that people can do to get ahead using AI and what's happening right now in the landscape. Um, we have to work towards wrapping up. One last question. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted me to ask you? Any final words of wisdom? Anything else you wanted to share just to finish off? No, I think I think the final words to share is don't look at AI as a way of saving costs. Look at AI as uh, a way of making you more money. I think that's a different framework that most people won't say. They'll say usually save costs. Um, I think it's it the early adoption is still here. I think you got a, a year to two more years to be a quote unquote early adopter. Yep, awesome. All right, boom. Well, thank you so much, brother. That was awesome. No problem. Uh, great to have you again, and I'll, I'll see you guys soon. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.